Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How do you get past your partner changing the rules of your relationship? Maybe they quit smoking when you first got together, but then started again two years in. Maybe they gained weight and no longer care about a healthier lifestyle. Maybe you've had kids and now they don't want to have sex anymore. Or they promised to be a stay-at-home mom and now want to go back to work. What do you do when your partner is doing something now that would have been a deal breaker before you moved in together or got married? And now you feel stuck. If this is you, you're in the right place because we're about to go deep about what all this really means. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Well, hi there. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host. You know who I am. I don't, do I have to keep saying it? Uh, Abby Metcalf here, or Dr. Abby Metcalf, if you'd like to go that way. Uh, <laughs> I'm always careful with that. You know, you don't want to get on a plane and have people thinking you're that kind of doctor and someone goes down and it's like, I can talk to them, but they're unconscious. I don't think I'm going to be much help. Uh, so <laughs> try to be, sorry, try to be careful. Um, I'm thinking, I'm laughing out loud because I'm thinking uh, when I used to go visit my mom down in Florida, being the braggy Jewish mother she was, she would tell everybody her, you know, daughter was a doctor. And then of course I'd get down there in this retirement village and people would be like pulling up their shirts, showing me a boil on their back or something else, like looking for help. And I'm like, hey, I'm not that kind of doctor. And even if I was, we're not doing that. Anyway, but I digress. So I'm going to do something a little different today. I don't know how it's going to go, but you know, we're getting close to the end of the fifth season. I can't believe it here. I think this is episode 240 or something. Um, I end my seasons in, Jul in um, July. 
And uh, so I and I take a couple weeks off and I sort of refresh and then I start the next season. So we're going to be going into season six starting in August. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway. And uh, I wanted I have a bunch of questions that people have sent in that I've been like saving. And uh, I, I want to be clear, if you want a question answered, um, please feel free to email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com or the Let's Connect page on my website. But I am not going to send you advice. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it is unethical. I don't know all the, the, you know, the little pieces of what's going on. I can't just, you know, start spouting to, oh, here's what you should do. That is so unethical. So do not expect, do not write in and expect immediate help or for me to write back with some long thing about all the things you should be doing. It's again, not cool, unethical. If you're that worried, you need to go see a counselor. Also, I am not a free counselor in that way. You know, you can't, you know, sort of use me in that way. It's not what we're doing here. I would not have time to answer hundreds and thousands of emails uh, with all your questions anyway. So, but what I do, will do is when I have a question that gets asked over and over, I often create it into a podcast that I think a lot of people can get something from. Um, so for example, recently, uh, I had, you know, I did, I think something like the five ways to cultivate self-love, something like that. Anyway, that was from a bunch of different emails where people were asking that kind of question, uh, questions that to me, the answer was self-love. So I thought, oh, this is perfect. But, uh, today I'm going to try to just do this a little off the cuff. You know, normally I have a corresponding blog post, you know, under relationship tips and tools. And today I'm not going to do that. There'll be a a show notes page, we call it, on the podcast page for any links that I mention. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going to write up a whole thing. I'm just going to answer this question the way it is, and I'm going to extrapolate it into other things. So the question that I got sent that really um, crystallized what a lot of you had sent in went like this. She said, um, my question is, how do I overlook something that was a deal breaker in this case, it's uh, smoking, um, but fell in love before I found out this was a habit. That's what she's asking. Once I did, you know, once she found out that he was smoking, um, I we spoke about it and we made a pact, gave our word that they the person was going to stop smoking. I she says I stuck to my end of the bargain, but um, <laughs> they did not. Okay. So, uh, I stayed and she said, but you know, and so I've stayed all this time. And he told me yesterday in passing that he's going to continue to smoke until the day he dies. And she's like, great, two years in. And now I find this out. So, and I love what she said. She goes, so she's obviously a, a someone who listens, who's been listening to the podcast. She said, I hear your voice asking me why I stayed, but at the same time, he is pretty awesome everywhere else. So then I hear your voice asking me what my problem is with it. I'm the one with the problem, so it starts with me. I don't know how to navigate. However, I do know I can't move forward with moving in or marriage, right? I think this woman's amazing, by the way. Uh, I know you can't answer all the emails, but you get, but hopefully I'll hear a podcast that will help me on the subject or find one you've already done. Okay. So, and I did respond. You know, I, I generally do respond to, I can't respond. I, sometimes I just get so many and I apologize, but I tend, you know, those of you who've written in know, I do tend to respond. Sometimes it's a month later. Sometimes it's been three months later. Sometimes it's the same day. Sometimes it's two weeks later. It really depends on my email stream. 
there, there, there's times when I, you know, only get a few emails a day and I'm able to respond. And there's other times when I'll suddenly get like 50 at a time over a course, you know, each day. And I, obviously that's harder. So, um, but I really do look at them and they do come to me. They, it's not like they go through some assistant or something because I think they're private. So I do look at them and um, decide what I can do. Again, sometimes they're, you're asking things that I'm just probably not going to get to. Um, I had someone recently in the UK who asked about um, hoarding, and which is a great topic and something I have a lot of personal knowledge with. Um, I had a family member who was a horrible hoarder, but I just, I let them know, like, I don't think I'm going to do a podcast on that because not many people have asked about it. And I think it's a very specific thing. Although having said that, hey, write in if you think it's a great topic. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, I love this question because this has come up a lot with a lot of my clients, right? And people say things when you're first together. So I've had people, for example, um, I actually have shared this. My sister, when she got married uh, way back when, um, she married someone who wasn't Jewish and, and, and was like, oh, well, and she was not very Jewish at all. Like she did not do much with her religion. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. We don't need to raise the kids, anything. They had Christmas trees in the house. It was all great. She didn't care. Then she had kids and changed her tune. Something about having children really changed things for her. And she not only like started being very, being Jewish, she started being very Jewish, <laughs> like very Jewish. And she didn't want Christmas trees in the house anymore. She didn't want any part of this. She, I mean, she really changed the rules. And that's really what we're talking about, right? What to do when your partner changes the rules, what you think you agree to. I have a client I'm thinking of right now, and this has happened often where, um, you know, you get together and you're having sex, you know, that's a big part often of initial relationships. And there's a lot of sex. And then as life goes on, people, you know, for women, we we often lose our sex drive different. We lose our sex drive differently than men. Um, men lose it too, can lose it too. Not all men do, but it, it, you know, it's related to your hormones, of course. So as your testosterone levels go down, as for women, same thing as our level, we have testosterone too, by the way. But as these levels go down for men and women, you know, women hit their peak at different times than men do. It's a whole thing if you're in a heterosexual relationship. Relationship. And um, there's, uh, uh, I've had a lot of clients who their partner just said, I don't, not very interested in sex anymore. And so that's changing the rules, right? You, you used to be interested in sex and now you're not. I've had times when people gained weight. And uh, when they got together, everybody was, you know, healthy and and maybe even like to work out together. Again, I'm thinking of very particular clients right now. And then one partner just isn't that interested anymore. And this isn't always like women who gain weight, men gain weight too. And I've had a lot of women not be attracted to their partners anymore. Um, people change the rules. It happens with, I again, every like buying a house. I have had people who, you know, where are you going to retire to? We change our minds as we are get older, as we're in the years. The longer you're with someone, the higher the likelihood is that they might change their mind about something that you agreed to. You know, if you got married when you were 20 or 30 and you're now 50, I've changed my mind about a lot of things I, over the years. I really, really have. Or maybe I haven't even changed my mind. I always think about my um, wonderful ex-husband, who's incredible. And I'm watching he and his wife, um, they're looking to retire and they're looking to retire, 
um, to move out of the area after our daughter graduates high school. And um, they want to be like in, you know, he, he's always loved and she loves it too, like kind of being on the coast, like, I don't know, like Mendocino, it's an area in Northern California, or maybe Oregon, or maybe, you know, Washington, like being out in the middle of kind of nowhere. And yeah, maybe close to a town, but having a, a different kind of existence. I, you know, when we got married, I was much younger and we were together many years, but we weren't talking about retirement. We weren't talking about where we would live later. We, it never came up. <laughs> and I always knew he liked, you know, traveling to Mendocino and doing these kind of things that weren't my favorite, but I would go, you know, for a few days, I didn't care. Like I'd go along, but I was always bored to tears. We'd get there, I'd walk through the town. There was, that was it. It was one street. And I'm like, now what? You know, I'm a city girl. Like it just isn't my thing. And so we, <laughs> it might've seemed like I had changed the rules later or like he had, you know, if we had stayed married and gotten to the point where we were looking like right now, like, where are we going to retire? I would have been like, I don't want to go anywhere where you want to go. I mean, it would have been a problem eventually. So it's so funny, like these things just come up. But again, you might have committed to something. Um, I had someone recently who had committed that um, she was going to uh, go back to work. They had, you know, they were both kind of high powered um, professionals she and her husband. And she said, you know, it was always the deal. Yeah. She was going to take a few months off, three months off, like 12 weeks and then go right back to work. And she loved her career. She was, you know, very bright, very smart, very successful. But once she had this little baby in her arms, she didn't want to anymore. She didn't want to go back. And he was furious. It's actually how they came to couples therapy. He just was like, what are you talking about? We agreed to this. This is something that we agreed to together. And now you're changing the rules. And now I'm really invested. And then we have a kid together and what the hell? And this happens, people. It's gonna happen. If, if it's never happened to you, it's shocking to me. The thing though that happens is that people focus on the wrong thing. Um, they're focusing often on the the issue like, well, you said you weren't going to vape anymore and now you're vaping. Uh, and so you have to stop, you know, and that's not really the problem. The problem is this feeling that there's been a betrayal of trust. And that's what you have to get to first, okay? Because everything is figure outable. Everything is work outable. Of course it is. But you have to figure out if you still trust this person. That's what you really need to figure out to move forward. And why is it is this particular thing so important? Like, so this couple, for example, where she decided not to go back to work, uh, we did, a, and, we, and they're fine, by the way, now, but we did a lot of work with him around, what does that mean to you? Like, what is it that that meant that, you know, is it just the money? They had tons of money. Like what, you know, granted they, they needed to shift their lifestyle a little, right? They did, you know, but they, they were like double income, no kids for a long time, making good money, you know, but he just had this idea that he, what it came down to, he wanted to retire at 50 and they had had this whole plan for how to do that with the money. Now with the kids thrown in, that wasn't going to happen. And he was feeling this loss of his future and this thing that he thought that they had agreed to. So, you know, we had to get to that. He also, again, yes, felt like he couldn't trust her. What else is she going to change her mind on? She says she loves me. She's not going to love me anymore. Like she says she would never uh, cheat. Would she cheat? Like what, where does it end? 
And that's really what you're dealing with on so many levels. And so the answer is of these kinds of issues are twofold. One is you need to look at the trust. And we're going to talk about that right now and for a minute. And then the second thing, which this person who wrote in was doing so well, is you have to decide what your boundaries are around this thing. What are your boundaries going to be? What's it going to be? Um, I have another uh, person I'm working with, I'm thinking of right now, who is getting, um, has gotten sober and uh, she and her husband were both big drinkers and now she's sober. And what does that mean? You know, he's still uh, drinking, I would say problematically from what she's describing. We don't call people alcoholics anymore, do that kind of thing. We don't need to. But clearly there's a there's a big problem that he can't give it up. And, you know, she's really like, what what are we going to do here? How is this going to work out? So Let's let's talk about the trust first, and then we'll talk about the boundaries. And I'm going to make myself a little note so I remember to come back to the boundaries because <laughs> I'm old and I'll forget crap. So, because again, usually I have tons more notes and I'm, I'm just going to do this right here, right now with you. So trust, I've, I've and I'll link to it in the show notes, I've talked a lot about trust and how something called the trust triad, where there's three things that make up trust. You know, trust isn't black and white. Um, a lot of people trust their partners with certain things and not other things. You know, you might trust your partner not to cheat, but not trust them around money or something like that. Like that's 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 a common one. Uh, we think trust is very black and white. Again, it's not. So trust, as you might remember, I've talked about this multiple times, is uh, made up of three components. And the first one, it, they're not in no particular order, but um, the first one I'm going to name is there's competence. Like, is this person competent? Do they, uh, can they, you know, if they're, if this is your partner, is he a good partner? Like, is he competent in the role of partner? Is he par competent in the role of father? Is he competent? Does he go to work? Does he, you know, if he has a job, right? Does he go to work? Does he seem to excel at his job? Does he, you know, in the world of things, if you, you know, ask him to take out the garbage, can he do it? You know, can he, can he walk to the curb with the garbage and stick it in the bin? And you know what I mean? Is he competent in the world? That's one of the ways we trust people. And this is where, uh, that term weaponized incompetence comes in when, and this has been for men, you know, men when they, oh, you do it better, or, or they do something poorly because they don't want to do it um, ongoing. So they kind of don't really do it or don't pay attention. That's why we, that's why that's such a big thing because they're showing you that they're not competent and that breaks down your trust. Um, if you're not competent to change our kid's diaper correctly, then that really worries me, right? It's when we're talking about this idea of weaponized incompetence, we're losing a lot of what the real problem is. Um, yes, it's a problem to uh, pretend you don't know how to do something and uh, or, you know, and again, most people aren't doing this consciously. They just, they don't want to do something. So they're like, I'm just going to, or they've gotten to the point where like, well, you don't like when I change the diaper. So you're going to have to do it, you know, because otherwise you don't like how I do it. Um, but there's this idea of like, wow, it's our child. You can't really sit and just take a minute and focus on how to put the diaper on correctly so that they don't, you know, have a blowout or, you know, pee on themselves or whatever. It's, it's, it's because it's breaking down trust with our partners. That's why that's such a big deal. The second uh, piece of the triad is integrity. 
uh, which is basically honesty. Does your, do you believe your partner? Do they, when, and this, and the, the trust triad works everywhere. We're, I'm talking about partnerships. I'm talking about love relationships, but this could be your sister. This could be your boss. This could be a coworker, your best friend. It, it's, it's anybody, but let's, we're going to stick to partners here. So, you know, can I, are they, do they have integrity? Do, are they honest about things? Do they tell me, and this is where it's a problem if you don't tell your partner how you really feel. If you're always saying everything's fine, even though they can tell it's not, what happens is when you do say something uh, is, you know, fine and it's not there, when you say something, I'm sorry, that, that is true, like, I love you, you know, oh, you look beautiful. Oh, you look so handsome in that. Your partner's, is this honest? They're not honest when I ask how they feel. How do I know it's honest when they tell me they still find me sexy, even though I've gained five pounds? How do I know they're honest when they tell me that they don't care, that uh, they're not bothered by the fact that I'm not working anymore, whatever? Um, we stop trusting in in the honesty department, our partners, and that becomes a huge problem, as you might imagine. We have to be able to, do you, if you say you're going to be somewhere at five o'clock, are you there at five o'clock? If you're not, and this is, bordering competence, integrity, you know, the two of them, but uh, you've made a commitment. Do you keep your commitments? When you say you're going to do something, do you do it? So every time you say, I'm going to uh, clean the dishes before I go to bed, or I'm going to um, get you the receipt for the taxes, or I'm whatever in a partnership, and you don't do it, you are breaking down the integrity of the trust triad of that part of trust. You are breaking down your partner's ability to trust you, to believe when that's why it's so important. And for ourselves too, to follow through when we commit or don't commit to something. Don't say you're going to do it if you're not actually going to do it in the time frame you said. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And then the third piece is goodwill. Do we believe that in this case, our partners have our best interests at heart first? Um, do we believe, it doesn't have to be first, but have our best interests at heart. Do, do, do I believe that you're making decisions thinking of what I need and what I want? <clears throat> and so, for example, when I spoke to this, uh, to this couple where she had decided not to go back to work, um, we had such a great conversation about this because, and he was able, you know, to his credit and hers, they were both able to get very real. He, you can see where the trust had broken down, right? So he's very focused on, and he got very rigid and black and white. Well, you said you're going to do it and you have to do it if you said it. Like, you know, you can't change the rules. He kept saying that you're changing the rules. It's unfair. And I will say to make a unilateral change of rules is unfair. 
in the relationship, whether that's that we're not going to have sex anymore, whether that's that I'm going to start smoking, whether that's that I'm not going to go back to work. It is unfair on some level to make a unilateral change. Of course it is without talking to your partner about it. We get so afraid because we don't want what the answer is going to be and we want to do what we want to do <laughs> so we don't talk about it. Re- not realizing that we could really have such a great discussion. And one of the things I've I've mentioned here before, I'm going to mention again, is that when you have discussions with your partner, with your boss, with a coworker, with your friend, with your mother, with anyone, stop having a discussion on a line. So for example, this couple, you know, he was, she thought, well, he's over there where I have to go back to work and I'm over here where I don't want to go to work, back to work. I want to be home with this kid. So she saw it as a line, right? A straight line where she was on one pole and he was on the other. And there was, she didn't see anywhere that they could meet in between. The problem is, again, all of this, you want to think about communication as in this way between two people as a triangle where, uh, and it's really not communication, it's problem solving. You want to think of problem solving as a triangle, not a straight line. So what we're doing is I have, you know, I'm at one base of the triangle, you're at the other base of the triangle, but we're not looking towards each other. We're looking up. We're looking towards that third point of the triangle on top where there's a solution that we haven't even thought of yet, where we're not just on this line negotiating, where we're not just in this push-pull, this, 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 you know, polarized view, where there's lots of options for what could be. And so with this couple, for example, we talked about all kinds of things. And I said that to them, I go, what other options are there? Let's just brainstorm, you know? So there was things like taking a longer maternity leave instead of the three months. Duh, right? You say you want to stay home now. We'll have to see, how do you think you're going to feel in six months? You might not want to stay home so bad. Um, And and I said to the husband, and your views might change as you get to know this little baby, as as you guys get to be a family, your views might change about wanting her to stay home or not, you know, or go back to work. Uh, you could also go back part-time at some point. What else can you do about the money? Is there a way to put less in retirement now and more into health? I don't know. We We just came up with I I think they had a list. I made them brainstorm even crazy things like moving to Bangladesh. (laughs) Do you know? I don't know. You know, like what if you lived in some country where the dollar went farther, what would that look like? And did your work remotely? Like we, I had them make an exhaustive list. They ended up having a little fun with it actually. And from that exhaustive list, they started to really talk about what they both really wanted, what that their partnership and what it meant to them and how, what each other meant to them and how each other's happiness meant a lot to them. And the, the, the wife in this scenario, the wife and mom in this scenario started to really see the way that she was hurting her husband and started to think differently about it. Like, oh, I don't want to hurt him. I love him so much. And this is really hurting him. I can't just decide that there's nothing more important than what I want and what I think is best for our kid. Yes, that's very important. It has to be on top. And that's what they started talking about. She said to him, what do you think is best for our child now, as opposed to what's best for either of us? You know, these dreams we had, yes, but this is now a kid who didn't ask to be born, who we want to put first. That is not something that they had ever discussed before, really, in those kind of frank terms. I think, again, people assume we make a lot of assumptions with our, well, of course you'd put your kids first. Of course you would. I know lots of people don't put their kids first. They just don't. 
it's not how they were raised. They weren't raised in a home where kids were first. It's just not what they've ever intended, you know? And so they hadn't really thought it through. They're not evil people. They're not bad. They just have different preferences. And so that's what you want to speak about. That's where you want to go. That's where the beautiful conversations are. It sounds like from this original email that we're doing where this person started to smoke again um, in the relationship and says, I'm going to do it till I die. Really, to me, it's more about empathy and feeling out of control in the relationship. And that's the conversations I don't know that they've had yet. I would love for this woman who wrote in to maybe, I know they, she said they've talked, but how much? Have they just talked to problem solve or they have, have they talked about the feelings? So maybe she could ask her partner, like, what, what things do I do where you feel really out of control? I want to know, like, I've made decisions and you feel like you have no say in it and it's just the way it is. Um, tell me more about when you say you're going to, you know, smoke till the day you die. What What is that? Is that a fuck you to me? Is that just something you want? Is that, are you mad at me that I've asked you to stop? Do you feel like it's too much? Talk to me about it. Let let me hear it, you know, and don't be afraid of the answers because they might be answers you don't want. Um, do you feel like I have a double standard? Do you feel like there's things that I say I'm not going to change? And um, even though we agreed and now I'm asking, you know, is that, that's my guess about what this is about, that he's like, hey. Um, and beyond, and this is how you really start to understand, does this other person have your best interests at heart? Because that's what's at the, at, for this particular one, there's the integrity piece, the honesty piece. He, he said he would quit and he didn't, or he came back to it. And then beyond that, there's this goodwill piece, which is so important. And so you want to focus on those pieces where else, you know, she says, well, you know, really everything else is kind of great. He's pretty awesome everywhere else. What does that mean? And what's most important to you? What is a deal breaker now? What does it mean? How could the vaping maybe not, maybe, or smoking not matter? Maybe it has to matter. I don't know. And then after that, those kind of deeper conversations where it's not about being hurt or angry or feeling rejected or abandoned, which trust me is all the feelings this person's feeling right now. She feels abandoned. You're choosing smoking over or vaping over me. You're choosing something over me. That's how it feels. And you're choosing this baby, this, this couple I'm talking about, the man actually said it. He goes, you're choosing this child over me. And I, you know, this, I, we were, they'd been together quite a while before they had kids. and um, decide to have children. And, you know, he just felt like abandoned by her that suddenly he wasn't the priority anymore, which is kind of true when you have kids, but it was a, it was a shock to the system for him to come it this way. And, you know, they again had some very rich, deep conversations when they got past the anger and got to the hurt, got to feeling abandoned, got to feeling rejected and what that meant and how they could overcome that together, how they could reassure one another that that they were each other's highest priority. And then you got your boundaries. So once you've gotten through that piece, I want you to really think about what are my boundaries related to this? What is the thing that I have to know, um, that I have to have for myself? And this client said, well, I'm not moving in and I'm not getting married if this is the case. So that's fine. Are you okay then? Again, I don't want it to be a threat though. <laughs> so 
when we get into those things with our boundaries, just make sure it's not a threat. That's all. Just make sure it's you feeling like I love and adore this person. Here, here's what I want the thinking to be. Um, we're going to call her Jane and the guy, her, her partner who smokes, we're going to call him, um, Jim. Okay. So I want Jane to think, I love you so much that, and the, the vaping and the smoking for whatever reason, and she's allowed to have them. It just bothers me to my core. Maybe she's even allergic to it. I don't know. Maybe she wants to have kids and doesn't want them around it. I don't know. Or has kids and doesn't want them around it. Whatever it is, it's okay to say, um, I don't want to hate you later. I don't want to move in together and because this thing is a sticking point. I don't know why. Maybe it won't be forever, but it is right now. And I don't ever want to hate you. So because I love you and this is something you feel like you have to do. And I'm, I have to find a way to su- just be supportive of you as a human, even though I don't support this behavior. And so I'm just going to not live with you because that will keep that distance. And in that way, so that we can have a loving relationship the rest of the time. If that's why you're doing it, great. If you're if you're doing it though out of anger, like, well, we're not getting married then and we're not moving in together and and these are it. That that's more of a wall as opposed to a boundary. And you just have to be careful. That's all. These are hard things. I want to be very clear. These are hard things. <laughs> um lots of people come to therapy for this stuff. You know, it it's very um nuanced. It's very like your so many of your own feelings are coming up. And I again I I love the person who wrote this in how she takes so much responsibility and how she's really looking at herself and what her motives are and that she's in pain. What I always say, the one in the most pain needs to change first. And she's very clear about that. Like this is about me, not him. This is about what I need to do for myself. And I will also say you have to make sure that you're not staying in a relationship because you've been in it so long or because you are worried that scarcity or because you're worried that you're not going to find anyone else. That's scarcity. You know, you really have to think these are the top things I need and am I getting those? And then you have to look at whatever the other stuff is, the other decisions they've made and decide, can I live with that? you know, and not just live. Can I, you know, cause then you're going to be, you're probably going to get passive aggressive or annoyed or anything, but can I even embrace this thing? Can I pull this in and make it a we thing, not a them thing? That's the key. That's the, that's the, the meat of it. That's where you want to go. But when you're focused just on, I say, don't smoke and you're smoking. I say, you have to, you know, go back to work and you're not. I say, you know, we need to buy a house and you don't want to. I say private school and you say public school. You know, I say we have to, you can't, you know, I don't like it that you've gained 10 pounds and you have, you know, whatever, when you get into that, that where there's two poles and you get polarized by it, two things, that's where the problems happen. Where instead, again, you get to what you're feeling, you get to empathy you get to problem solving in a triangle, not on a straight line. You get clear about your boundaries and that they come from love, not fear. They come from love, not fear. Boundaries are love. Walls are not. Okay. Walls are from fear. Boundaries are from love. It's very loving to have boundaries and clarity with people. It makes them feel safe. It makes yourself feel safe. It's a beautiful thing. When we can do that, then we're in that great place. So I think that's it. 
I think I've answered this question, um, I hope really well. Uh, this is just another way to do the podcast. I don't know, maybe I'll try this again in the future. It's <laughs> It makes me a little anxious because as I've gotten older, I don't always remember my trains of thought. Um, and so I really like it when I have sort of copious notes and I've really thought things through and I've really, you know, um, and I think that you always deserve me um, having thought things through. And just so you know, I did think this through. I did take some notes. I just didn't do what I normally do. And I really was just sort of coming off the top of my head a little more with just some basic kind of bullet points that I had laid out. Um, so I think I'm going to try this occasionally. I think it's healthy for both of us, for me not to feel like I have to be so perfect for you. Like I have to, you know, because again, we're in a relationship. I say it all the time, you and I, um, that I don't, have to just be perfect to be loved and to be worthwhile and to have value for you that um my I do this is what I do in session right I don't have notes when I'm in session with my clients I I'm coming off you know from what they're saying and I'm but you know the difference there is that they're talking too right we're talking back and forth I have something to sort of play with back and forth with them um and so you know in this situation it's just me talking at you which is different than what I do there but um but I but I kind of enjoyed today I don't I'm a little anxious a little nervous that's okay too uh and so that's it. That's what to do when someone changes the rules. That's what to do when you feel like, you know, you agreed to something and it's different now. Um, you know, look at the trust triad and look at your boundaries. And I will link to those things in the sh on the show notes page for, for today. And that's it. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this different with me today. And I will see you in a week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.